Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this episode all about the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Keep listening to find out why your birthday is a better indicator of your potential on the sporting field than any talent. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back and thank you for joining me again on another episode of Steph's Business Bookshelf about the book Outliers. And first of all, I can't believe it's been 23 episodes and I this is the first one I've done of a Malcolm Gladwell book. I do have a bit of a brain crush on Malcolm Gladwell and I was very jealous to see that my friend Leanne Hughes, who's from the First Time Facilitator podcast, got to see him speak in New York a couple of weeks ago while she was over there. I was very jealous. And by the way, a bit of a side note on today's episode. Hopefully you can't hear it too much, but I do have the dishwasher on in the background because it's Saturday night and this is the kind of rock and roll lifestyle I lead, recording podcasts and washing dishes on a Saturday evening. Hopefully the music and a bit of editing has drowned that out, but if you can hear a weird rumbling noise in the background, just know that I am still human and still do my own housework. If you haven't heard of Malcolm Gladwell already, where have you been? He's an author, a podcaster, a journalist, a writer, and speaker and he talks about all kinds of different topics and I just love the way he thinks and how his brain works and his sense of humor and his writing style but this podcast would be very boring if I just went across all of the things I love about Malcolm Gladwell and his style so instead we'll dive into the book Outliers and I'll tell you a little bit more as we go I have put a couple of links in the show notes to some of Malcolm's work including his podcast Revisionist History which I'm a big fan of I think he's an awesome storyteller and that podcast is a particularly good way to hear him talk. First of all, a little bit about the author, although I have wax lyrical already about him, but Malcolm Gladwell has been a staff writer at The New Yorker since 1996. Prior to that, he was a reporter at The Washington Post. Gladwell was born in England and grew up in rural Ontario, Canada. He lives now in New York. That was taken from his website, link in the show notes. So a little bit about the book. And a lot of you have probably actually heard about the book Outliers without realizing it. So if you've heard of the 10,000 hour rule, this is the book that made that famous. So about this book, in this stunning book, Malcolm Gladwell takes us on an intellectual journey through the world of outliers, the best and the brightest, the most famous and the most successful. He asks the question, what makes high achievers different? His answer is that we pay too much attention to what successful people are like and too little attention to where they are from. That is, their culture, their family, their generation, and the idiosyncratic experiences of their upbringing. Along the way, he explains the secrets of software billionaires, what it takes to be a great soccer player, why Asians are good at maths, and what make the Beatles the greatest rock band. That was also taken from Malcolm's website. Again, link in the show notes. So this is not the first and last book about what makes great people and famous people and brilliant people great, brilliant and famous. The difference with this one is it digs a little bit differently and deeper. So rather than looking at maybe the habits of the person, although that definitely does come up as well, it digs into some of the things you might not think about. For example, when their birthday is, which is part of big idea number one, which we'll go into in a moment. It reminds me a little bit in style of Freakonomics, where they actually look and talk about examples of un seemingly unrelated things that have actually been incredibly related and have caused knock-on effects on each other. It also reminds me a lot of the book So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. 
different style but very much around that intentional practice so again if you haven't listened to that episode already because that was an earlier episode of the podcast there is a link to it in the show notes so you can go directly to it to find out more about that so if you like this episode you'll probably like that episode too let's dive into the three big ideas though that i took from the book outliers by malcolm gladwell big idea number one is that it's not talent it's your birthday We often like a bit of a rags to riches story, but things aren't that simple as I'm sure you know. Even for people who are quite self-made, there is always a series of events, of experiences, of people, maybe sometimes just of good timing and a bit of luck, to be honest. We need to actually look at the ecology of what made someone who they are, who influenced them, where they're from, what culture, when were they born. One of my favorite examples in the book is that top hockey players or ice hockey uh, players in Canada are 40% more likely to have been born in January. That's because January the 1st is the cutoff for the junior leagues. So therefore, if you are into that junior league and you're one of the older ones in the league because you were born almost a year earlier sometimes than those who are the younger ones joining that league, you get more practice, you get more coaching, you get more experience in the sports. Those who make it into those leagues and those who are particularly the older ones of the leagues are physically stronger, which when you're 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, particularly for boys, is makes a, hu- a year makes a huge difference in terms of their physical strength. So those older ones in the league, those born in January, February, March, have a much, much greater chance of being picked then for the next leagues and things because they are performing better. They're bigger, they're stronger, and they're getting more practice than those that are younger. If you look at other sports as well, so this isn't just something for ice hockey, although obviously this is just the example in the book. He also talks about the first three months of the cutoff. There are many, many more players. So for example, in football or soccer, depending which part of the world you're in, the cutoff is usually around 1st of September. So those born in September, October, November have much greater chance of being picked earlier, getting stronger, getting better, and succeeding into then the next leagues. And again, elevating their experience their coaching their practice hours than their younger teammates so therefore what the book is talking about is how even if you're born in so let's go back to the ice hockey example if you're born in october but you had some natural talent or natural ability in ice hockey if you weren't getting the hours if you were smaller if you're weaker than the players who were born in january february march then they were going to get the top spot so even with that little bit of extra talent actually being born at the wrong time, in inverted commas, would count against you to the extent that you probably wouldn't get into the leagues. Now, this might strike you as a bit unfair, and potentially it is. There's a part of the book, which I'll talk about a little bit later, where he says, well, maybe there should be two leagues, which there's only then a five to six months at the most difference, which makes a bit less of a difference. So that was big idea number one. It's not talent, it's your birthday. Big idea number two is, of course, the 10,000 hour-ish rule. Now, this was obviously taken a bit out of context. There's been some an element of criticism about the 10,000 hour rule. When you read the book, though, you'll see that that did get sensationalized because he's not saying you must have 10,000 hours to be good at something. That's that's not the case. What he is saying is and 10,000 hours is a bit of a an example, because by the age of about 20, the top performing musical children had had about 10,000 hours of practice. There's a general rule that achievement equals talent plus preparation. As psychologists and experts look deeper into this though, particularly at top, top performers in sports, in music, in all sorts of different fields, they'll see that the preparation is actually much more important than the talent element. 
as we said with the ice hockey rule, you can have the talent, but if the preparation, if the hours of training, if the coaching, etc., isn't there, then you're probably still not going to make it. So the 10,000 hours then, which links into that preparation, is an idea rather than a, a fast and hard rule on the number. It's the practice, and not just the practice, but the intentional practice that counts. In the book, they talk about musicians, so kids who all start around five years old. And they practice pretty similarly until they're about eight years old. That's when the difference starts to, to come apart. So those who are the highest performing were practicing about six hours a week at nine years old, eight hours a week at 12, 16 hours a week at 14 years old, and about 30 hours of intentional, deliberate practice each week at 20 years old, by which point they've clocked up their 10,000 hours. So innate talent is actually quite questionable. Even the prodigies need the practice and the opportunity to unleash that talent. There's also mention in the book around genes and how can, can your parents being great at maths or at music make you better at maths or music or whatever the skill is. There's actually not much link to genes or genetics and talent. What often happens though, what you often see is those parents know how to practice properly. So they start their kids off practicing better than maybe their classmates or those who are into similar things much earlier. So for example, if you had two parents who were brilliant musicians, chances are you're going to be getting much better tuition from maybe two or three years old, maybe compared to going to school and getting slightly more informal tuition for a number of years and then going on. Those kids just had a head start and they're getting their hours in much, much earlier because they know they're with people and maybe that's not parents, maybe that's other members of their family or close people to them who know what they're doing, who know how to teach and know how to structure the teaching and the practice for a better outcome. So that was big idea number two, the 10,000 hour-ish rule. Big idea number three is the culture legacy. And the book's a bit funny, I find, in terms of the structure as much as I like it. There's the bit at the beginning, which is all around the, the really where the first two big ideas came from around talent, around performance, around deliberate practice. And then there's a the second part of the book, which is around the culture legacy and where you're from and how that impacts your, your abilities. So this is really about the lag effect of where you're from and then what that means later on in life, and particularly from a work or skills perspective. So there's lots of examples in the book about flight crews. For example, Korean Air, which a lot of you will be aware had a number of disasters a number of a couple of decades ago and this is really the impact of culture so for example in korea the culture was very hierarchical so then so so the first officer would never question the captain because the captain was more senior than them what that meant is that when the first officer even then when they saw something was happening they saw that a disaster was about to happen if the captain hadn't mentioned anything or hadn't asked for help the first officer would just sit there and let the disaster happen, which often cost many lives. What they had to do then was actually change the culture by changing the language. So they brought people in and they changed the Korean air's language to English, which then freed them from their own culture, which meant that because they were using a different language, they were almost stepping into this alternate reality or this alternate world where they could question each other, where they could break the hierarchy a little bit more to get a better outcome. There's also an example of the KIPP schools in the Bronx in New York, which give disadvantaged kids more intense school structure. It brings actually an Asian learning culture to the US and challenges the cultures that the disadvantaged kids are from, often where parents are single parents, where a lot of parents didn't either finish school and certainly didn't go to college, didn't get great grades, etc. So it's breaking the culture that those kids would potentially easily fall into from a socioeconomic perspective 
and forcing a different way of being and living and learning in particular, it ups the school hours. Because again, a lot of these kids, the parents aren't in a position to, during school holidays, to take time off work or to pay for school clubs. So the school provides that by by adding education in. The days are longer as well, which keeps the kids in school, learning, in a safe environment. The point really of these things in the book is that this is how success comes. It comes from some of breaking legacies, breaking cultures, and thinking about how bringing different styles and different cultures to different parts of the world or different industries can create more success. I really like this idea because it really encourages looking outside of your world, looking outside to find, well, where does this better or who does this better? Who can I learn from or where can I learn from where there are better success stories? As just a little side point, there was a point in the culture and legacy part where about why Asian kids are better at maths. And actually the whole structure of their numbers system is completely different than it is in English or in more Latin languages, which actually just makes number learning easier. And because it's made easier, kids don't mind learning it. What that does is it shows that sometimes it's not that people are better, It's just that they've been taught in a better or different way or in a more effective way that's helped to generate learning and generate success and output and outcomes earlier and more easily. The key point of the book though is that talent needs to be given an opportunity to build and to evolve. Whether that's by challenging a culture, whether that's by creating more deliberate practice, whether that's by finding different people to surround yourself with, probably can't change much about when you're born unfortunately but you know that's okay to really harness the talent that you've got and ultimately to succeed in whatever field that you're in i find it a little bit of a hard book to describe sometimes because it's lots of little case studies they're all great examples of where preparation has really overridden any need for high levels of talent similar to the work of cal newport in so good they can't ignore you which i mentioned earlier this isn't about just picking up a guitar and, and plucking along and just doing that for 20 minutes and being like, yep, yeah, cool, I've had my 20 minutes of practice today. It's about being very deliberate. So being strict on what you're learning, when you're learning, how you're practicing, etc. So these are the three big ideas I took from the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Number one, it's not talent, it's your birthday. Big idea number two, the 10,000 hour-ish rule. And big idea number three, the culture legacy. If you've read this book already, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you thought. And if you enjoyed the episode, if you took something away, you're going to try something different around your own deliberate practice and being more prepared to use your talent and to harness your talent in a different way. Again, I'd really like to hear from you. Contact details are all in the show notes. And otherwise, until next time, happy reading.